Welcome to the Chapel Hill Academy podcast, featuring messages from our weekly chapel service. Located in Chanhassen, Minnesota, Chapel Hill Academy offers biblically-based Christian education, junior kindergarten through eighth grade, and holds a passion for Christ and a commitment to provide an education for life. We invite you to learn more about us at chapel-hill.org. My name is Heather, and my top three spiritual gifts, so excited that you have your 7th and 8th graders take it, um, teaching, leadership, and encouragement. So when I do those three things, I don't even have to think about them. It's like I'm breathing, which is the really cool thing about spiritual gifts. But what I don't have in my gifting, what I scored nearly zero on, is the gift of mercy. Um, that's where you feel like really, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you have a zit forming on your forehead today. You don't really, but like I have a hard time doing that. I have a hard time being really compassionate. I'm kind of like, come on, just get up and go. And I'm not very strong administratively, like numbers and systems and Excel spreadsheets. (laughs) I hate them. So what he said is right. I love the body of Christ and how there are people who are really good at that. And there are, there are people on my team at Wooddale who are so good with Excel spreadsheets, they can just wait. They're like, oh, oh, I'm done. And I'm like, oh. So way to go. I'm excited about that for you. Um, one of the things that's true about me is I love to know and be known. It's one of my favorite things. So I brought pictures to help you know me, okay? One of the first things you need to know is the natural condition of my hair. So please take a look at my kindergarten photo and just look at my bangs, okay? My bangs represent the natural condition of my hair. My hair is stick straight naturally. So I get a perm every five months to make my hair look like this. And um, adults in the room, you'll appreciate this. My sister wrapped my hair the night before this picture in like strips of sheets. Like it was like the poor woman's version of being able to have curlers in your hair. But I think curly fits my personality. So I make my hair curly, even though it's straight. Um, I wanna show you my picture in fifth grade. Very attractive. (laughs) This was before I started getting perms. And don't I just look so sweet and friendly? I was incredibly sweet and friendly, but I will come back a little bit um, later in my teaching to help you understand what that fifth grade year was like because it wasn't the greatest. Um, I was a cheerleader. (laughs) You can probably tell I'm a little excitable. This was what cheerleading looked like. In the 80s, we had pom-poms that were the size of human beings, okay? And I cheered for wrestling and hockey, and I loved it. And I loved being a cheerleader for two primary reasons. Number one, it was socially acceptable to be loud, and I'm very loud. And second, I got to be closer to the boys. And I really liked the boys. (laughs) So I actually find it great because I am a junior high pastor. That's my job. And I love to go to the events of my students. And when I go, not only do I bring snacks, I usually bring like Sour Patch Kids and Mountain Dew, but I also am like the best cheerleader ever. My opinion is if I'm going to make it to your event, I'm going to make it known that I'm there. 
So literally, I've had students who've been sitting like on the bench at a basketball game, right, playing. I'm in the stands, and one of their friends on the team will turn to them and be like, who's that crazy lady over there yelling their, your name? <laughs> my kid's like, oh, that's my youth pastor. Woo. So I take my cheerleading skills, and I transfer them to my adult life. Um, I have an entire room in my house dedicated to my earthly hero, Tigger. So if you came to sleep in my guest room, this is where you would sleep. I'm up to 101 Tigger items. Some of them are motion detected, so he talks to you when you walk by, which could be a little creepy, but I think still really, really fun. <laughs> okay. Um, I own, I'm currently at 319 bottles of nail polish. Today I'm wearing from the OPI China line, a good Mandarin is hard to find. Let that sink in. Okay. Um, it's one of the only really girly things about me, but I love nail polish. Okay, what else do you need to know? I love NASCAR racing. I love anything that goes fast. So when I'm on jet skis or snowmobiles, I've got them full throttle. I love the color orange. I love winter. Do you know we're getting more snow this weekend? And I can't wait. I hope it dumps eight inches. It makes me so happy. I love country music. I listen to Christmas music 11 months out of the year. I take January off to purge, but then February 1st comes and I'm listening to Christmas music again. I own 98 pairs of shorts. I only own one pair of jeans. I've worn them once in 22 years. Um, when it was, I'm sorry to say this because I know I'm a role model, but when it was minus 57 degrees windchill, I was wearing shorts. Yep, I was. Um, some people wonder how in the world can a woman like this be married? But I am. God is good. This is my husband, Chad. I call him my schnooky, <laughs> mostly in private, sometimes in public. And we've been married. It'll be 18 years in May, and I adore him. And if you've hung out with me before, you know this is not the full representation of my family because the next picture is from a year ago. Ah! And this is my family. Um, in front of my husband, Chad, is Jingle Bell, she is a three-year-old St. Bernard. She currently weighs 143 pounds, more than most of you in this room. And then I begged for a second one, and my husband loves me and wanted to stop hear me, hearing me complain, so he gave me that one. That's Hadley. In this picture, she's four months old, and she weighs 30 pounds. I need you to see what has happened in the last year. They're in the same order. So the one on the left in front of my husband is Hadley. She gained 128 pounds in one year. <laughs> Andrew, can you go to the full-size one of the most current? Or did you, not, did you take that one out? Oh, you took that one out. Okay, that's okay. So that picture is just from last week. You guys, it's insane right? And I've told you that they slobber so much that 
if it hangs down and you don't wipe it before they shake, it literally goes up onto the ceiling and then it hangs like this from the ceiling. And their poop is so big, I have to pick it up with two hands and we have to use Target bags. Like, we can't, you guys have those little cute, like, doggy bags with the bones on them, you know, and they're purple and they come off of that little roll. We had to stop using those at three months old because their poop was so big. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? They make me so happy. And um, I was talking about what I was going to talk about today with my husband, Chad, and he goes, you should just bring Hadley. And I'm like, oh, wouldn't that be awesome if I brought the little one? Yeah, but she's not here today. <sighs> okay, so that's me. Now I want to know about you. So I'm going to say a couple statements because we've got to do it as a group project. And if it's true of you, I need you to stand. If it's not, you stay seated. Okay, so get in a ready position. I need to know where are my others who are born and bred in Minnesota? You were born here and you have stayed here. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Sit down. Stand up if you have ever been told you needed braces. At some point in your life, you're going to need them. Oh, look at your teachers too. Okay. I love it. Sit down. Stand up if, like me, you cheer for the Minnesota Vikings. Come on. Come on. Yes. Yes. Even on the hard days. Okay, sit down. Stand up if you've ever broken five or more bones in your body, total, in your life. In your life, you have broken five or more Okay? Ooh, this is fun. Stay standing. Are you guys from the same family? Stand back up. You look like you could be. Okay, tell me how many bones total. Your arm once. That's good distinction. You, okay, you've broken your fingers. You, sir? My arm and then four fingers. Were the four fingers at once? Oh, that would be painful. Okay. Wow. Okay. I hope you guys have special insurance. Good. Um, stand up if during spring break you are going to go somewhere warm. Oh. <laughs> okay. Sit down. Now, let's get real honest. Stand up. If you've ever been sent to the principal's office for a bad reason. Oh! <laughs> Look at the adults in the room. I love it. <laughs> okay, sit down. Wow. <laughs> you guys are impressive. Stand up. If you've ever had a crush on someone in the room. Oh, <laughs> oh, come on. Eighth graders, eighth graders. You are lying to me right now. The spirit of God is here. It is a spirit of truth. Oh. Okay, stay standing. Stay standing. Now here's the ultimate. Are you man or woman enough to point to that person? Come on. Do it. <laughs> All right, sit down. Sit down. 
<laughs> I love it. I will tell you this. So I'm a junior high pastor. I told you that. I've been hanging out with teenagers for 26 years now. At Wooddale, my first seventh graders are now 33. So I have done multiple weddings, which is super fun. I've done about 50 weddings. Five of them have been students who were in my junior high, both of them. So here's the translation. Look around you. Your husband or wife could be sitting somewhere near you. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> All right, bring your attention back up here. <laughs> All right, I know I, I know I got you off on a tangent there, but it could be the truth. All right, um, I understand that you have been working through the heroes of the faith this year, which I think is a great topic. I also have seen the heroes in which you have covered, and they're all amazing, and I'm excited today to offer you a new one. So I'm going to pray for us before we start, because I don't know if you've thought about this before, but there is no way that we can understand God. Our human minds are not capable of understanding truly the greatness and the incredible nature of God. The only way that we can is by God choosing to reveal himself to us. And students, you need to get this. Um, every time that you approach scripture, whether you're reading personally or you're in class or you're here in a teaching, you need to ask for the Lord to open your eyes, for him to reveal himself, that through his spirit you can understand more of who he is because we can't do it on our own. So I wanna be sure that we do that. So Father God, thank you for the gift of this morning. Uh, I think the adults in the room would agree with me that these students truly don't understand what a gift it is that they are here in this place called Chapel Hill and that they have this kind of worship through music and teaching as just part of their day. And so, God, I do pray that you would help them to appreciate it. But also, God, as we come to your word today, thank you for the gift of this hero. And we ask that you would open our eyes to not only what the situation was then, but how it affects us and how it can be relevant to us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I saw that some of you have your Bibles, and I love it if you do, and it would just make sense, wouldn't it, that you would bring your Bibles to chapel for next time? So um, those of you who have it, I want you to turn to the book of Esther. In the Old Testament, it comes before Psalms and Proverbs, so if you kind of go in the middle and then hang a left you're going to find it. Um, those of you who've seen me before, you know that I'm into festive headwear. I own 39 festive headwears. Um, but this one actually has a purpose this morning. I would wear this just out on a normal Wednesday, but it actually has a purpose because we are going to look at Queen Esther this morning as one of the heroes in our faith. Okay? Um, there are 10 chapters in the book of Esther. And here's the crazy part. Never once is God's name mentioned in the entire 10 chapters. So his hand is all over. His presence, his power, his guidance is all over the place. But you'll not find the name of God referenced or written 
in 10 chapters in a book in the Bible. Doesn't that seem crazy? But it's true. So let me add my other element. <laughs> it's my opinion that everyone needs a queen cape. Uh, this actually hangs on the back of my door in my office <clears throat> because you never know when you just need to put it on, right? So sometimes I literally put it on and I just walk down the hallways of the church. I think sometimes they wonder, <laughs> wow, she influences children. Okay. But I thought it appropriate this morning as we talk about Queen Esther. So before we read, I'm curious, is there anything that you can tell me about Queen Esther? Before we start, how much are you already in the know of? Give me something, dear. Okay, stop right there. That's impressive. She lived in a village, and then the king said, oh, I want to fall in love with a woman, and so she was brought to the palace. Okay, good. Who can add to that? Yes. She was a queen. Yes, she reached queen status. Yeah. Anything else you can remember? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the king ordered, kind of unknowingly, let a guy kind of push him around, which is interesting, for all of her people, the Jews, to be killed. She stood up for her people, and that's a huge part of why she's a hero. So I'm just going to summarize what's happening, and then I've got two takeaways for us this morning. So chapter one, it tells us that King Xerxes was ruling, and check this out, he ruled over 127 provinces a huge area. He was a big deal, and he kind of knew it. So if you look down at verse 4, it says that he threw a party for 180 days. Okay, some of you go to a sleepover, and it takes you a week to recover, right? Because you hardly got any sleep, and you're like, oh my goodness, I ate so much sugar. 180 days, he displayed his vast wealth, his splendor, and his glory, okay? So this was a guy who had everything and got everything he wanted. He had a wife at the time named Queen Vashti. And Queen Vashti basically got fed up with all of his parties and all of the men and the drunkenness and whatever, and she got a little sassy. And I'll just say it didn't end well for her. She was killed, okay? Chapter two, let a search be made for a beautiful young virgin for the king. Chapter two, verse five, there was a Jew in the tribe of Benjamin named Mordecai, and he had a cousin known as Esther that he had taken like his own daughter when, his, when her father and mother died. So we've got Mordecai as the cousin. We can kind of think of him as an uncle. And then we've got this woman named Esther. And she gets called with all of these other women to leave her home and go miles and miles away to this foreign place to possibly be chosen by the king. And I don't think we get that enough, how traumatic that would be. Anybody in this room, have you ever moved from one city to another where you had to change like schools or churches or where you shop? Okay, 
So that was probably hard enough. She was on her own, and she was a young teenage girl. Let's keep going. The girl pleased the king's order and won his favor. Immediately, he provided her with beauty treatments and special food, and he assigned her seven maids selected from the king's palace. Now, interestingly, verse 10, Esther had not revealed her nationality and her family background. She didn't talk about her faith because her uncle, Mordecai, had forbidden her to. He advised her, don't tell people about your Jewish faith and your background. Keep that hidden. And she paid attention to that. And every day he was there. So Mordecai kind of followed her to the kingdom, but they did not associate with each other. Verse 12, before a girl's turn came to go to the king, she had to complete 12 months of beauty treatments prescribed for the women, six months with oil and myrrh, and six with perfumes and cosmetics. Now, girls, I'm guessing you like a spa day, right? If your mom or your aunt or somebody were to be like, let's go do a spa day, and you get to have like a massage and pedicures and manicures, and you get to put cucumbers on your eyes, and you'd be like, oh, that'd be great. 12 months of it. In my opinion, it's a little excessive. Okay, but here's what happened. I believe God put favor on Esther, and she was chosen as the new queen. Out of all of the other young women, he chose her and she entered into his palace. Now, you've got good and you've usually got evil. There's a guy named Haman and he is arrogant and he is insecure. And Uncle Mordecai, when Haman would walk by as an official, everybody was supposed to bow. Mordecai wouldn't because he served a God, and that's who he bowed to. He served our God, and he would not bow to this guy. The guy got so mad because he was so insecure that he convinced the king to kill all of Mordecai's people, which included the Jews, which included Esther. Okay, And I'm summarizing for sure here for our time, but Esther and Mordecai got wind of it, and basically Mordecai said, you've got to do something about it. And Esther was freaking out because here's what happened during that time. If you entered the king's presence without being asked to come, you could be killed just like that, even if you were the queen. But look what happens in chapter 4, verse 14. This is kind of like what should be written on a shirt about the book of Esther. He said to her, and who knows but that you have come to royal to a royal position for such a time as this. In other words, Mordecai said, what if God has brought you to this place for this purpose, to save your people? I love that because I believe that God is not only a majestic and powerful God, he is personal. And not only has he gifted you, not only did he knit you together in your mother's womb, but he allows your life to be moving in such a way that he puts you in places on purpose for a particular time and a particular reason. And it's your choice as to whether or not you do something in that time and in that place. And I'm so thankful that Esther did. 
She took the chance. She entered into the court of the king. And it says in the scripture, when he saw her, he was pleased with her. And he said, approach the throne. And as it plays out, she kind of revealed what Haman had done. Haman doesn't go well for him. He's killed. And Mordecai gets raised up and Esther's people are saved. It's an incredible story. If you've not read it all, you need to. And it really reads like a story. It reads like a novel. But what does that have to do with us? You know, girls, are you going to be called after spring break to go to Washington, D.C. and have 12 months of beauty treatment? Okay. Guys, are you going to be called to go to some palace and have 12 months of workouts and you're going to have bulging biceps and great calves? I love calves. Probably not. I hate to disappoint you, but probably not. But here's how I believe this relates to us. Two ways. Number one, Esther trusted God. In the midst of the hard, in the midst of the scary, she trusted God. As I look out at you, I am sure there are some of you in this room who've experienced some really hard times. But I'm sure there are others of you who've not yet had really hard times. When it comes to those points, can you and will you trust in God? Can we put the picture up, Andrew, again of me in fifth grade, please? Um, when I was in fifth grade, I transferred from a private school to a public school. So I was in a place just like Chapel Hill, and money got really tight and situations changed for my family, so I had to move to a public school. And I will tell you, it was one of the hardest transitions of my life. I had always been celebrated and loved, and literally from the first day I entered Mr. McCarthy's room, I was, um, I like to say slaughtered, but that's a little bit dramatic. Um, I was picked on, I was bullied, and it continued basically for four years in my life. So that sweet girl behind you, I was told I was fat, I was ugly, people didn't want to be seen with me, I was called a beached whale, I was called a Bible banger, my development was made fun of over and over and over again. Some of the hardest times in my life. But I had learned in my time in Christian school, in my time in my church, that God loved me, and that he celebrated me and he made me on purpose. And I will tell you that even in the hardest times, somehow God allowed me to hold to that. And I hung on to that saying, I am not fat. I am not ugly. I am loved. I am redeemed. I am made with purpose. And I think if I hadn't been able to hold on to that truth and trust God in that, I would have spiraled down and I would not be standing in front of you today. Certainly not with a crown on my head. <laughs> I would not be confident enough to do that. But God has used that in my life because I trusted him. He's used it. And now I have a special place in my heart for kids who are getting bullied. If you come to my youth group, it is not tolerated for people to get picked on, for people to get shoved down because of what happened. But the fact that I trusted God, I'm so thankful that I did. Esther did. I did. Can you trust God even in the hard? Then the other thing, Esther chose to trust a godly adult in her life. For her, it was Mordecai. He told her what to do every step of the way, and she trusted him, and she did it. So I'd like for you to do this as we're closing. I want you to turn to somebody next to you and tell them, outside of your mom and dad and your grandma and grandpa, okay? I hope that they are good adult people in your life. Outside of them, who is one godly adult in your life that you trust? 
I want you to tell who it is and tell a little bit about that person to some one person next to you, okay? Go ahead. Are you talking? Okay, wrap up those conversations. My hope is, students, that you had to narrow it down. Like you were like, oh, I have 27. Who should I talk about? <laughs> I hope you've got good, godly adults in your life. And I hope that when they tell you something, when they advise you, when they maybe give you some suggestions on how you should behave or how you might talk or dress, that you would actually listen to them. Because imagine if Esther had not listened to Mordecai. Literally, she and her people would have died but also she would not have been able to have been a part of God's plan like she was to save her people. So close your eyes. Father, I just am so grateful that you included this book of Esther in Scripture, even though your name is not spoken, because I think it's a beautiful example of, of someone who was a common girl, but she was put into a place by you to be used by you. So God, I just pray that when these students come into a place like that, that they would see it as your hand and that they would be willing to step out like Esther did for you. God, may they learn to trust you and may they learn to trust the godly adults that are around them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, students.